0: You're listening to the First Fight Podcast, home of the people and stories behind the fight. I'm Jennifer Anderson, the host and creator. My goal is to give you a peek into the remarkable world of fighting and create a platform for fighters to tell their stories. In each episode of this series, a different fighter shares a transformative story of their first time. Welcome back, everyone. We've had a little hiatus, but we are back to finish out 2021 strong with some interesting interviews. On today's episode, which happens to be our 40th official episode, I'll be talking to Frank Wells. Frank is a Muay Thai standout who is transitioning back over to MMA professionally and has a very bright future in that sport. However, he shares his first fight story, the fight that wasn't, and what it was like when his first fight actually happened we talk about how covid has impacted his career, the state of the MMA landscape, self-promotion, and we talk about what he sees for himself in the future in the next few years. Um we had a great talk with Frank. I hope you guys enjoy. Thanks again Frank for coming on. We're going to make yeah. work this time.
1: <laughs> yes.
0: We had some sound issues the first time we did this, but I'm happy to have you back. You are actually the 40th episode official episode
1: boom Let's
0: go. <laughs> so um yeah i appreciate you coming on and you're my fellow um kind of striking nerd that i like to or used to like to geek out with you about different fights and muay thai specifically usually but yeah you've we're big into Muay Thai and you're venturing into MMA now, but tell me how you got your start competing and fighting.
1: Um, So, I mean, I actually started off doing MMA. Um, It was kind of like a weird thing. I always like was interested in it from when I was a little kid. Um, I did karate and whatnot. And I, I think I stopped when I was like nine or 10. And then when I was 15, like my old karate instructor was like, I'm doing this new program. It's, jiu-jitsu and it's muay thai like fused together and that's like what the ufc is doing yada yada and that's like probably like 14 15 is when i just started getting into the ufc and thought it was awesome like pretty much anybody i feel like that watches it um and uh yeah so i decided to go take the classes and it really wasn't that at all it was like israeli like street defense against like knives and guns and whatnot so uh it wasn't what i signed up for but it got me in the gym and i was actually there for like a couple of years um i couldn't throw strikes that well but i could smack a rubber knife out of your hand like super good um yeah so i was doing that i took a couple of fights while i was uh under them uh the the first fight was interesting cuz the first fight experience i had was uh i didn't really get to fight um i had an opponent I got all the uh the jitters like the whole I remember that one the, the very first one was like the whole week I like barely slept it was like I was just like nervous I was like crapping my pants the whole week and especially like the night before was like I didn't know what to do with myself I was just up all night cuz I just couldn't like deal with it it was the first time I really like competed in any sort of combat sport in my life so I was just like just just didn't know how to deal with it. And I think I had only taken it on like a couple weeks notice because I was like 18 and stupid. So I was like, cool, let's go. Um, And I get there, I weigh in. And then, you know, for Jersey amateurs, uh, you weigh in the same day as you fight. So the fights are at like seven, you weigh in at like three or four o'clock. So it's only a couple hours before we're supposed to fight. Uh, They call me to the weigh in. I do it. They call my opponent and he's not there. Just, a ghost so I I look online to try to find like his social media profiles and I guess he had like a a scuff with the um with the promoter who like told him he would pay for his hotel and then when he got there he's like well you'll pay for it and I'll reimburse you and kind of just like made the kid feel sketchy so he left and I didn't know so the first time I was actually supposed to fight I didn't fight at all um So that was, like, kind of anticlimactic. But I had tried to, like, stack a couple up. So I think I had one lined up for, like, three weeks later, um, which was also, like, kind of a shit show. Uh, But at least I got to fight. Um, So where I actually first fought was at the Golden Nugget in Atlantic City for Asylum Fight League. And I'm not even sure they're doing fights anymore, but they were, like, they were pretty good then they were in like their 40 or fifties show um, when I was on it. And uh, so I, I get there, I'm supposed to fight some kiddies like six feet tall. He kind of likes to strike some like sweet. I like to strike. Um, even though at the time I didn't know that I couldn't really, but I at least was confident that I could. Um, and uh, so I get there, same thing I weigh in and I just like run off to start. I, I remember this, I ran off and ate like bagels. After I weighed in, like I was like, "Oh, carbs for fighting," because yeah, and I was like, "Whatever." But I ran into the other room and ate my bagels, um, and you know, so we're just kind of hanging out. And like an hour or so later, this kid who's like five foot six walks up to me. He's like, uh, "Are you are you Frank Wells?" I was like, "Yeah." He's like, oh, "I'm O.C. Um, we're gonna fight now because both of our opponents miss weight," and I was like, "What?" He's like, yeah, I, that's what they told me. Was like, okay. And I go to the commission and they're like, yeah, uh, your guy missed weight by like seven pounds. So we couldn't even give you the option to still take the fight. Cause he was outside of like the range or whatever. Um, and the same thing happened to this kid. So since you guys both made weight, we're just going to have you fight. So like, okay, that's fine. Um, so kind of a weird thing. Like, six foot striker to like five foot six, uh, wrestler, like a weird, whatever, but, um, still went out and fought. Um, and yeah, so I, I had lost that fight, but it was a very, uh, it was a very interesting experience, a very fun experience. Um, where again, it's just like, you look back at it now, it's like necessary. It's just like, you're just getting your feet wet and, uh, you know, figuring things out. But fortunately, because he was a wrestler, even though I wasn't very good, I didn't get hurt um, at all, you, you know.
0: You lost a decision?
1: Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Still haven't been finished. Cheers to that. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I lost a decision. I just, like, was swinging punches and kicks as hard as I could with really no technique. And he was a decent wrestler. I think he was a D2 wrestler. So if I got too aggressive, he just level changed and I ran myself onto him. So he barely had to actually shoot. Um but yeah, that was that was pretty much the tail. That I was swinging at him. I think I heard him a couple times, but he took me down a couple times, and he just held me down for for a bit, you know. And Especially the in,
0: ground and pound, right?
1: Correct. That's what i was yeah. gonna say. There's like you can only punch the body, oh, so it's like yeah. there. There's literally like no danger of being hurt, even if you're getting taken down constantly.
0: Yeah. After that first fight, losing, and that I always like seeing how many people won or lost the first fight and most people won it that are still doing it, you know, it's Mm -hmm. kind of hard to mentally keep going after that first fight and that loss. Were you like disheartened? Did you really still want to do that on a serious level or were you kind of second guessing yourself?
1: Um, no, I was still like super pumped about it. Okay. I never really competed very much at all. Um, up until that point in my life, other than like like I paid baseball, but like I didn't have a one on one like combat thing, so I was just like so pumped to do it, and I knew that I had hurt the kid um you know, and I know this now, looking back, but you don't realize in the moment like everybody that you care about tells you you did great, even if you sucked, but I didn't know that, so they all told me I did great, so I was like, <laughs> cool, I did great, I did what I could um you know, I feel like I hurt the kid i I like you know, whatever. I had a good time. So I was like, yeah, let's do it again. And uh, very quick turnaround also from my first fight. Because I remember uh, Frankie Perez was there for whatever reason. I maybe like somebody he knew was fighting. I don't know. I'd have to ask him if he even remembered. And he was like, oh, you look good, kid. I got a spot on my show in two weeks if you want it. And I was like, Yeah. i didn't talk to my coaches they were like i had to like convince them to come because they weren't even available but i was like yeah totally let's do it and flipped around quick on that as well
0: and did you know from the start that it's what you wanted to kind of do with your life you know pursue seriously
1: um yeah i feel like i Well, again i feel like again now looking back and being experienced it's like so many people before they even fight are so sure that that's what they want to do. So like when I was in high school, I was talking about it, like that I, that I wanted to do it. That I was like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. Even though again, I was terrible and I had all this confidence, but it was like, it just seemed like such a fun thing to do and just so cool to me. And so interesting that I was like a hundred percent in on it before I was at any sort of decent skill level.
0: Now you've gone on to have a lot of success in Muay Thai, um, and you're getting started at MMA now mm-hmm. transitioning. I would say, are you planning on doing more Muay Thai or are you just sticking with MMA? Um,
1: I would definitely be down to do Muay Thai in the future, but for a little while now it's going to be MMA. Um, again, I'm like mostly doing like uh CFFC and I have like a four fight deal with them that I'm halfway okay. through. Um, yeah, and I want to. I would like to, um, like extend that when this is over and do another, uh, you know, do another contract with them. And it's just like I did muay thai for like five, six years straight without doing any sort of grappling. So I feel like just this past year and a half has just been me like trying to close that gap and yeah. level my jiu jitsu up. That I know for sure, if I took a muay thai fight, I wouldn't be doing any jiu jitsu. So it'd be like, if I'm spending energy training, it's going to be yeah. energy getting better in Muay Thai, you know? So it's like, while I still have this big gap to come up, I'm going to probably stick with uh, with MMA for now. And yeah. then maybe when it's like, you know, a couple of years down the line, jump back and do, do some Muay Thai.
0: So throughout all your experience fighting, um, is there any moments that stand out to you that taught yourself something about yourself, good or bad?
1: Um, I think maybe not necessarily the fights themselves, um, but just like the training and preparing for them, I feel is like most of the time the toughest part. Cause like for me, I've really only been hurt in like two fights where I had to like dig through. Um, and yeah, I mean, I definitely found out that I could. Um, but most of the time fights being hard for me has just been like we're pushing a high pace. We're getting tired. It's like, I hope I can push when I'm tired. Cause it's like, this is what I want to do. Um, but I think uh, just knowing, like I definitely found out about like, you could, you don't have to start off being good at something. If you just like put attention on that and like really focus on it and then don't deter and you like tell excuses to kind of like kick rocks and just keep showing up, like, you can get a lot of things done, and you can make a lot of improvements, Um, and I try to carry that into, like, other things, like, when I'm, you know, because I I run, like, strength programs, I do, like, nutrition, like, a nutrition business, and, you know, that was, like, a big learning curve, but I kind of took what I got out of, like, from Muay Thai, and now from Jiu-Jitsu is, like, I wasn't good, I just kept showing up, and kept putting the work in and staying consistent. And now I've, you know, I've won a bunch of Muay Thai fights, but now it's like, okay, now these things that I wanted to learn, even when I like would rather go out or rather play games or rather do this or that, like I just stuck to learning these things. And now I know what I'm talking about. So it's like, if you just get rid of, if you just ignore excuses and like just decide to be consistent with whatever it is, it's like you will build skill, and you will build you know what people call as like talent, but it's most of the time is skill. You know everybody has like a glass ceiling, like I'm not going to spend the next ten years doing basketball every day and then start d'ing up LeBron. like it's just not happening, but you can maximize your potential with just being consistent and and sticking to it.
0: Mm -hmm. I mean that is definitely something you can apply to everything because it's not black and white you know you can't get discouraged by how far you have to go you know it's just one step at a time chipping away at it and martial arts especially will definitely like humble you and teach you that it's Mm -hmm. it's a game of inches especially when you're competing you learn that pretty quickly right it's like That last 10%, I always say, is what it takes to really win because anyone can do the rest of it. It's just learning how to mentally push or going for the kill or string it all together, whatever it is, that's that last 10% that makes it hard. Do you have a specific fighter that made you want to fight by watching them or that you had admired throughout your career?
1: Um, I mean, I definitely so like I think I just got into fighting, just watching it in general, being like, this is awesome. Um, interestingly enough, since I spent so much time striking, I think my first favorite fighter was Matt Hughes. Um, it was just like just the dominance of his performances. He was like, even when he retired, he was on a bit of a skid, but he retired at like 48 and nine, something like. Really crazy. He was just like a dude that, you know, I remember watching his documentary when he first started fighting. He was fighting like six, seven, eight times a year, just like mowing through people and being like super active. So I think maybe that part of it is kind of like molded me a little bit where I'm kind of like always eyeing up the next time that I want to compete. Um, yeah, he was big. um Again, another wrestler. Like I was a big Chael Sonnen fan, but again, it was just like, just somebody who's willing to just push the pace and put his head in your chest and grind from the first bell to the last bell, And it's like, I might be tired, but I know that means you're tired too. So let's just both sprint at the wall and see who hits it first. And I bet it's not me. You know, it's That like that kind of mentality I, I really like. Um, and then style-wise, I've been really big the last couple of years on like Max Holloway, on Israel Adesanya. Um, Adesanya especially, just because I think the way that he moves kind of, like, it just works the best with me. Like, some of the things I try to take from him, it's like they just click like that. Um, Whereas, like, again, I try to steal some things from, like, Max Holloway, from Jose Aldo, and it's like, they work. But it feels like maybe I'm impersonating somebody. Whereas when I try a little bit more of, like, the Adesanya stuff, it just kind of is like, oh, that's, that's who I am. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and it just like it doesn't take a lot of effort with with his stuff in particular for whatever reason that is.
0: It's fun. It's like taking little pieces from here and there, and you can kind of like build your own fighter and just finding what works with your body too. Mm-hmm. You can't. Not every style works for everyone. You know, I, no. I wasn't. Always, I'm not super athletic, so. I can't really do a lot of explosive movements, but I find mm-hmm. ways around it, <laughs> you know.
1: Well, it's the thing. You got to play the hands you got.
0: Mm-hmm. Exactly. So what do you think about the state of the MMA landscape right now? I think it's kind of a, an exciting time because I feel like more promotions seem to be kind of tossing out different things elements that are exciting and drawing a little more attention but how do you feel about the way things are going
1: I think it's great um I know like well one I think like obviously COVID sucked and it was terrible but it for the sport it was great because Mm -hmm. the UFC was the first thing to come back Mm -hmm. and from like I mean I think they started back up like middle of May and from like middle of may to probably it was like august september maybe october they were like the only show in town so i feel like just the familiarity that people have with it um just across the board on average since then i feel like has skyrocketed um i think it's become like less of a niche and more mainstream mainstream um and then there's like you know some of the the Get Mickey things outside of like the UFC and Bellator and stuff, which like a lot of people hate on, but I think like attention is attention, like Triller, like bare knuckle boxing, like uh, that triad show that was on like a couple days, like last weekend with the triangle. Like, it's a weird thing. I'm not going to do it, but people are talking about it. And again, it's like people see Mike Perry and I think that he won. So like, Oh, who's this cat? And then they look, Oh, he was really good. Who beat him? oh, this guy? All right, let me go check him out. And then that's their gateway into watching MMA if they weren't already. You know, they showed up watching for a freak show and they just kind of got, like, rolled into this the whole sport. You know, and they start finding out about guys like Jeff Neal and, like, Bonsonibio and, like, other guys that maybe Mike Perry's fought that they wouldn't have known otherwise. And now they're looking forward to Neal's next fight and to this guy's next fight because they want to see the guy that beat the guy that they just watched and thought was like a monster, you know? So I think, I think when it comes to like making the sport more popular, which means more money for everybody and just means like a more secure future, I think like attention is attention and that's good. If, you know, if the Paul brothers are making their money and they're, they don't mind getting shit on half the time by people and they're happy with their life, then like, cool. You know, however many million people tuned in to watch it. So it's apparently like, Like, the market never lies. You know, if money's being spent, then it's, like, it's good enough, whether or not, you know, me or anybody else thinks it's, like, a gimmick or a game show.
0: Yeah. You know, I try not not to get too – I think I asked Hunter, the journalist I interviewed about that, like, is it worth the price of admission, you know, for, like, the – the purest. Is it worth having all those extra fans that aren't necessarily mm-hmm. educated on the sport? And he, he had the same answer. He said, yeah. And I, I agree. Like the more people that are interested in it, the more people will become educated about it inherently, but, yeah. um, and hopefully more money for everyone.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: That's, that's the goal, but it is so- a little n- niche small world and I always say there's like such a huge disconnect between like the audience and the athletes but hopefully the more like that's why I like doing this too is the more you show the people behind the fighters and what it takes to actually do what they do for a living I think people Mm. will have a little more empathy and I think it makes it more interesting I, I love like any road to the octagon um Oh, yeah. Embedded, anatomy of a fighter, all those things. I think it makes people want to watch you more, the more they know about you. Yeah.
1: I think, like, you know, you get your 30-second clip of, like, you know, after a fist fight, what somebody has to say, and it's maybe not the most coherent or, like, intelligent (laughs) thing. But, like, you know, even, like, Joe Rogan's podcast, like, there's been fighters that, like, I don't... I was like, oh, I don't really like them. And then... But you know, I'll watch the podcast and then you listen to somebody talk and like be themselves for three hours and you're like, ah, they're not that bad. It's like, you know, just a little snippet that I got of them I thought was annoying, but like kind of fly on the wall, watch them hang out with somebody and be themselves for three hours is like just a better window into who they are. And you're just like, you know, no, almost anybody is like not as bad as, you know, maybe initially feel they are when you're just getting like a clip, a short clip of them.
0: Mm-hmm. There's more to it. I think it's natural for you to just categorize like, I like them. I don't like them, you know? Yeah. And they're either not everyone's personality is super exciting or star material. You're right. But, um, <laughs> I guess on that topic though, how do you feel about the entertainment aspect of the business? Um, do you feel pressure to be entertaining as a personality to sell yourself or do you just kind of do you and hope for the best?
1: Um, so, I mean, I definitely was, that's like one of the cool things um, that my coach kind of told me about kind of instilled early on was like pushing tickets, doing this, doing that. Um, it was really mostly just the tickets, like building a brand type of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, so I definitely understand that it's an important part. Um, I mean, fortunately for me, it doesn't feel like too forced. Um, again, I think like when I first started doing it, it was like you get you feel kind of like cringy, like posting stuff and be like, "Hey, come spend your time and money to watch me do a thing that I like doing." You know, it's like if it feels again like a little just cringy, but also it's like when you've been doing enough and you're good and you're the way you fight is entertaining and like you're not like. You know, personality is personality. You either click with some people or you don't. But, like, when you like to go entertain, it's like you're providing service almost. You know, it's like people want to come see. I'm not forcing anybody to come. I don't feel like I have to, like, heckle people to come to my fights. It's like they know that I'm going to be chucking head kicks and overhands and mm-hmm. trying to get some, you know, spoiler alert, trying to get some takedowns, trying to, like, mm-hmm. you know, do good things and uh be exciting about it um i think it's just easy for people to get behind that and then you know there's definitely like you could try to be more entertaining and i think there's like again just like an aura that you can give off just kind of like a body language you can have um that will and a fight style you know if, if it fits you um to be more exciting um you can also go super like colby covington route which again is like definitely forced. (laughs) And it's like, yeah, but I get to keep my job and make a bunch of money, even though half the people don't really like me, you know, and that's for each individual person to feel okay with or not okay with, I guess. But, uh, you know, I understand that it's like anything else you get paid based off of the attention that you bring. So go do something that brings attention and you'll get the financial side of it that you want. Mm-hmm. You know, not saying anything, not doing anything, and hoping to, like, slowly chip your way up the top, I feel like has, like, a merit to it. It's just tough. You know, you look at a guy like Francisco Trinaldo, who's on, like, a nine-fight win streak in the fucking in lightweight division, beating, like, he beat Paul Felder. He mm-hmm. ball, beat, like, I forget who else, but he beat, like, some legit top five, top ten guys and never got a title shot because nobody cared about him. You like, know? So yeah. it's like <laughs> – yeah, yeah, like Leon Edwards, who's got to beat, but if if he were to win the title, it's like, okay, well, I already beat guys one through nine, so who's challenging me for my title now? You know, it's like, go in, take tough fights, make your money, have fun, you know, do whatever your personality is, but understand that, like, opportunity comes with, you know, people paying attention to you.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's in your best interest you know, for people to want to see you. So yeah, it's part of it. That's what makes it special and different than any sport, you know? And I mean, even at a major gym I used to be at, um, the main coach would always tell the fighters coming up, like find your niche, figure out social media, get your Instagram going. This is like when Instagram was new, but, you know, get your Instagram going and that's part of it. You know, the sponsors want to see that. So teaching them how to fight, but also like everything that comes along with it at a high level, you have to be able to do, whether it's like identifying with your heritage, you know, you Jamaican Mm -hmm. and kind of go in that direction because people really get behind it. And it's, Mm -hmm. it's part of the business, you know, it, it sometimes weighs more than it should, but it, like I said, it's your best interest to, um, be entertaining so one final question, what do you see for yourself coming up this next couple of years?
1: Um, well, I mean, I I really want to start picking up the pace competition wise. Yeah. Um you know, like obviously twenty twenty nobody really fought. It's like you got in early, you got in late in the year, and you know, you probably you maybe got a couple fights. Um, so I didn't care too much that I only fought once that year. Um but now for me being December and it's only my second fight of the year is like torturous. Cause like I had for, for six years had averaged five fights a year throughout that time. Yeah. And it's like, and I I realized this recently I have a conversation with my coaches. Like for in 2019, between February and May, I fought five times and then I've only fought four times since then. And it's like, I just don't like this sitting around pace. You know, I feel like I fight better. I feel like life's just better when I get to like be a shark and just be on the hunt for stuff. Um, And again, COVID was the first time since I started fighting in 2013 that I didn't have a day or like a general area of where I was looking to go. Um, So CFFC is doing a bunch of shows next year. Um, I mean, I'm trying to fight four times, five times next year and like just keep this ball rolling um and hopefully by the end of the year or like beginning Mm -hmm. of 2023 uh start being looked at by like major promotions you know um ideally you know as you guys found out like i think the the money's in bellator um to especially you know when you start off because you get your sponsors they have like viacom money they have all that stuff um you know and then you know, if I get to the to the UFC after that or if it's PFL and then Bellator, like whatever it is, I'm really looking to get super busy next year and like end of the year, early um 2023, start getting looked at at big promotions and then yeah. just like my whole thing has been like all I want to figure out is how good I can get. And then fights are a test of that. So you go get as good as you can in between fights, go test it out in competition, come back learn your lessons, whether you win or lose, that's another thing. It's not win or learn. You could, you could learn on a win too. Yeah. Um, but like <laughs> just trying to get stack those wins, get the information, keep building up and then just do as much as I can. I'm looking at like another, maybe like six, seven years. So just, just really wringing the towel out as much yeah. as I can in that time.
0: Well, that's exciting. It's it's really great that you have a relationship with the CFFC and I mean, a lot of the guys don't understand how beneficial that is. It's such a great regional promotion, yeah. Great production, and you know, their deal with fight passes definitely gives you some more eyes where you need to be seen. So it's definitely big for you. I'm excited to see what's coming, and maybe this time off is good, though. You know, you've had some time to develop more. Yeah. And now you can just pop off a bunch of fights.
1: Yeah, I, I feel good about it. It's like, you know, I lost my last fight in April and I just got like out wrestled by the kid. I, I yeah. literally, my, my fight ended at 9 p.m. And I showed up to 7.30 a.m. practice the next day because I was not even minorly bothered. Mm-hmm. Um, and just watching that back like a couple of weeks ago, that kid held me down for a total of like seven minutes. And I'm looking back now, I'm like, Bro, that kid doesn't hold me down for more than 30 seconds at a clip. Now, because just like there has been a lot of leveling up, and I'm fortunate yeah. for that, and yeah, now I feel like it's like okay, I built, I kind of closed that gap that I needed to close, and there's still work to do, but now let's like let's unleash and, and let yeah. these folks know, like like what the real deal is.
0: Awesome! I mean, I love watching you fight. You're super talented, and we can see you next in a couple weeks.
1: Yes, twelve days from now. I don't know when this is going to get posted, but. December 17th, CFFC 104 live at the Hard Rock in Atlantic City on UFC Fight Pass as well. So if you didn't get your ticket, you screwed up, that's cool. <laughs> It'll be on Fight Pass and you can tune in, grab some popcorn, grab your family members, gather around the TV and, and watch us uh, watch us go to work.
0: There you go. Sell it. I, I'd i love to go. Corey and I trying to get out to AC one of these days, but... We're short on the babysitters, unfortunately. Yeah, that's
1: tough. That's tough, but hopefully one day.
0: Eventually, yeah. I mean, I I like going to AC. The Hard Rock's a great venue as well. So best of luck. Thank you so much for coming on again. Thank you. Special 40th episode. So I'm excited. There's a few more coming this year. And we will talk to you soon, Frank.
1: Awesome. Sounds good. Thank you so much for having me on. Best luck with Corey, too, and with the fam and all that stuff. And hopefully I catch you guys soon.
0: Thanks again, Frank, for taking the time to come on the show in the middle of Fight Camp. I know you're down to the wire, so we appreciate it. And you can watch Frank on Fight Pass for cffc's next fight card coming up and for everyone else you can follow us on instagram at the first fight to stay tuned for our upcoming episodes we're gonna finish out the year strong and we're gonna start the new year with some new fun interviews in store thanks again for listening